0: Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a programme that relishes all sorts of information and experiences in the world of motoring and transport. And in this programme we look at news stories with Errol Smith including adaptable headlights could improve road safety by 2020. We ask the question, can trucks show us the way with safety technology? we road test the Renault Megane. And in our panel discussion with Errol Smith and Brian Smith, we take an amusing look at stories including Oregon residents are freaking out about having to pump their own petrol. Have a question or a comment, send it to overdrive at drivenmedia.com.au. You can podcast the whole program on iTunes or your favourite podcast service or go to our website, drivenmedia.com.au. Now, to begin the program, let's have the news.
1: Technology companies Continental and Osram have announced their intention to establish a joint venture. The idea is to combine innovative lighting technology with electronics and software to develop, manufacture and market intelligent lighting solutions for the automotive industry designed specifically for headlight and taillight applications. This will allow new intelligent light functions, such as the combination of lighting and sensor technology into a single module, or light-based communication between the driver, other road users and the vehicle surroundings. Fully adaptable LED lights that automatically change their shape and beam strength in different driving settings, as well as matrix and laser lights that project hologram-like projections onto the road, are currently under development. One of the first known lawsuits involving the collision of a self-driving car and a human-controlled vehicle, a motorcycle, is going to court in California. Motorcyclist Oscar Nilsen is suing General Motors. He says that a chevrolet bolt which was operating in autonomous mode with a backup driver behind the wheel suddenly veered back into his lane striking him and knocking him to the ground a report by a private organization dmv which claims to be the largest driver related website dedicated to helping people understand and work with the department of motor vehicles in america wrote a report on the accident and blamed the cyclist in part their report said at the time of the collision The cruise AV was travelling with the flow of traffic at 12 miles per hour, while the motorcycle was travelling at approximately 17 miles per hour. Building traditional internal combustion passenger cars in Australia has unfortunately not proved profitable, but there has been a view that the construction of alternative powered vehicles may be a possibility. This may not be full manufacturing with importing of some important components, which was the case with previous vehicle manufacturing. British billionaire Sanjeev Gupta has approached General Motors Holden to buy assets from the closed Elizabeth factory with the intention of building electric vehicles. Mr. Gupta is known as the saviour of Wyala after a $700 million deal to buy the former Arium Steelworks, the Upper Spencer Gulf City's major employer. Details of where or when the company might start manufacturing, nor the scale of the operation, have not been released. People do not intentionally fall asleep at the wheel, or get into a rage when driving. There is usually a range of factors that have led up to the situation. Consequently, while people might readily admit that driving when you are tired is dangerous, they may not be aware of how tired they are, or may not be prepared to accept that they are the ones who are in danger. To stop accidents, you need to get specific advice at the appropriate time. Scientists are developing sensors which can understand feelings, in a bit to make driving safer. Integrated biometric sensors into cars will allow the vehicle to detect when a driver is tired or stressed. It could then issue prompts or alerts, or potentially take over the wheel in extreme circumstances. People with hidden disabilities could soon have greater access to disability permits under new plans in the UK. A disability permit that you can display on your car aims to help people who have difficulties to still have the freedom to get jobs, see friends, go to the shops, or other activities that are part of a constructive and enjoyable life. But because of a feeling that the system has been abused, anyone who does not have an apparent disability can suffer abuse from the public. A UK review has suggested that disabilities such as early-onset dementia and autism be included some people on the autism spectrum need to park in a predictable place close to a destination to avoid anxiety. They can also experience too much information from the environment around them on public transport, while other autistic people might not be aware of dangers on the road. More than 1300 lives would be saved on Australian roads over the next 20 years, if the nation reduced the age of its light vehicle fleet by one year, according to a report commissioned by the Australian Automobile Association titled Benefits of Reducing the Age of Australia's Light Vehicle Fleet. The age of the Australian car fleet has remained consistently high compared to other developed nations, with the average age of passenger vehicles at 9.8 years and light commercial vehicles at 10.4 years old. However, an overall reduction of just a single year in the age of the light vehicle fleet would yield a 5.4% reduction in road crashes, deliver road trauma and emission reduction benefits worth $19.7 billion over 20 years. And that has been the news.
0: The increased number of heavy vehicles involved in fatal crashes is one of the features that is adding to a worsening road toll. As far as developing new technologies for road safety, it has been the passenger vehicles that have tended to lead the way. It can be harder to develop systems such as electronic stability control for trucks because they have such variation in the load they carry. But equally, this means that there is great value in developing these systems. The other issue with trucks is that they don't release a new model nearly as frequently as the typical car. Recently, I tested a new Hino 300 4x4 truck It can be registered as a vehicle with a gross vehicle mass of 4.5 tonnes and thus driven with a standard licence, or registered with a GVM of 7.5 tonnes. Hino tells me this is the only truck in its class that has all-wheel disc brakes, reversing camera and electronic stability control as standard across the range. This is catching up with many sedans. But there is one feature about the reversing camera that I think is unusual and very good. The system not only gives you pictures of where you are reversing, it also has a microphone. Normally, if you are behind the truck and yell out, you are not likely to be heard in the cabin by the driver. But with this system, a cry of caution or even instructions can be more clearly heard. In the light of the fact that America is making reversing cameras compulsory because they have over 6,000 serious incidents of reversing and hitting a person, including children, each year, perhaps a microphone might also be mandated as part of this feature. On another point, whenever I get a ute or a van to test... It's always serendipitous for a friend who just happens to need to move a lounge or a fridge. My week of testing the He 300 was set only two weeks before I picked it up, which turned out to be the exact day my son collected the keys for his new house in Newcastle, which he had been working on getting for the last six months. Needless to say, I had a whole weekend to thoroughly test the vehicle under a load. While the Hino 300 is classed as a light-duty 4x4 truck, it is not a soft roader. It has four-wheel drive, high ground clearance, a toughened suspension, and tyres that are suited for off-road conditions. It is particularly suited for mining and firefighting activities, but Hino sees that it can have application in a wide range of situations, such as government, camper, bus, tree services, and excavation and plant. It went through extensive testing in Australian conditions to ensure that it is well suited to our environment. You know, Australia had a prototype truck for three years and did over 40,000 kilometres as a work vehicle for the Cookshire Council in far north Queensland. The vehicle comes with both single and crew cab configurations and the pleasing thing about the crew cab is that it has good air conditioning for the passengers in the second row. The suspension setup can result in some jarring for the driver, especially if you are travelling along a road with expansion joints or other cracks. I drove over an old concrete road in the suburbs of Sydney and was jolted around considerably. But to help this, it has a sprung driver's seat which is magnetically dampened. In summary, the Hino 304 x 4 is a tough truck that has very strong off-road capabilities which have been tested and proven in Australian conditions. It also sets an example for including the right road safety technology across the range. You're listening to Overdrive. I have said in the past that motoring journalists suffer from the one-week unfamiliarity syndrome. We have a car for a week and sometimes it's hard to get used to its quirky features, perhaps even standard features that are hard to understand. And so we can dislike the car when, if we had owned it for a typical five or more years, we might get to know it and perhaps even get to love it. I think that's pretty indicative of the Renault Megane. European flair and European quirkiness. Errol Smith and I have been driving the sedan and the wagon, the GT wagon, and Errol joins us again on the line. Errol, uh, thank you for your time. No worries, David. Uh, now, I've got to say that uh, it has some rather unusual names, isn't it? You can get a Megane hatch, which is Life, Zens and Intens, is the models, isn't it?
1: Yes. There's also the TCE sedan. Okay. Then it comes in all sorts of wacky colours like stone beige, okay. iron blue. But, but we are talking about the French here. So if there isn't something a little bit quirky about it, it wouldn't be French, would it? Uh, indeed not. Now, the Intens in the
0: sedan uh, gets up to about $37,000, add a bit more for good paint or so, or around that figure. Uh, the Zen is $6,000 cheaper. We were driving the uh, upmarket Intens. Uh,
1: how did you find it? Look, I think this is a really nice sedan. It's got a 1.2-litre engine, which doesn't sound like much, but the important thing is there's a little turbo whacked onto it, Mm. so it spits out 97 kilowatts, and that means it's no slouch when you're running around. Um, And the Intense version um, has all of the the, the modern sort of safety goodies like automatic emergency braking and adaptive cruise and lane-keep assist, all that kind of stuff, as well as nice sort of 9-inch touchscreen for its infotainment system.
0: Yes, and it's uh, taller than it is wide, which is against some trends. Yeah, it's portrait mode. Uh, But it's a little bit like the Tesla. Yeah, it's in portrait mode. Now, we also drove the GT wagon, Mm. which had the bigger engine.
1: Yeah, it's got a 1.6 turbo, and I think the turbo's wound up a bit more on it. So it's got uh, more than 50% more power than the sedan version. So it's waking out 151 kilowatts, Mm. if you like a bit of that, and it'll do 0 to 100 in about 7.5 seconds. So it's no slouch.
0: You know what, I thought the wagon looked pretty good. It had yeah. that, uh, I think the Stinger has also got it. I was looking today at a Commodore and then at the Stinger, which really has come onto the market as the Commodore's gone off, a point you pointed out. The Commodore looked tall, the Stinger looked long and mm. sleek,
1: and I think yeah. this
0: now, the McGann GT wagon also looks that. the doors uh, look
1: enormous. Mm. I think the um, the GT is the sportier version, and it's got different suspension. I think it's sitting a little bit lower than the ah. than the sedans and things. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really love the look of the wagon. It's got a really sort of nice, sleek, sporty look to it, whereas the sedan I thought was a little bit more sort of pedestrian, and I didn't really like the boot line on it. I didn't think it looked that good, but it was a little bit a little less sporty and a bit more sort of more of your typical sedan. I thought it was still stylish. Hmm. It's
0: like hmm. the Camry is which used to be terrible, you know, quite boring, but it's got better, but it's sort of in that style. Mm. Uh, The the digital display, you like the size of it, but sometimes it can be a bit hard to work out.
1: Yeah, well, where your dials normally are is a completely digital display, so it completely changed the way that it looks in whatever mode you're in. But I did find it didn't work well with polarised sunglasses. Hmm. so it was quite you know shadowy and um, difficult to read. But uh, I did like that in most of the modes, because you can change from you know green to neutral to super sport mode sort of thing, but it didn't always show the speed in digital format, which I like to have. But you can go in and customise it if you want to muck around with it all.
0: A nice feature is it has automatic locking and unlocking doors. If you have your key mm. in your pocket, you walk away from it, although you have to be rather careful that if someone, as you and I do, swap cars a bit, that a person doesn't walk off with the key in their pocket. Yes. Not, yes. not mentioning it today's, although that was with the Capture, which we will talk about next week. Love. Lane Assist
1: works in an interesting way. Yeah, it's unlike pretty much every other car we've seen it in, which would vibrate the steering wheel or beep at you. This actually puts a, a rumbling sound through the speaker on the side that you're drifting towards. So if you're drifting towards the left, you'll hear this rumble come out of the left-hand mm. speakers. And I think it works really well. You immediately know what it is and where it is. And it's a very good form of feedback, I think.
0: How would you summarise then these two vehicles, the Megane Intens sedan and the Megane GT wagon?
1: Well, you've got a good dose of French style and you've got a choice of the practical uh, small car or the Go Rocket if you want one. And you've got a range of pricing there from 30-odd up to, to sort of mid-40s, depending what you go for.
0: Renault make some interesting cars. Errol, uh, thanks for that. Let's talk some quirky news with Brian after the break.
1: No worries, David. You're listening to Overdrive.
0: And back again in the new year, live in the studios, in our respective studios around the A- Australia. We have uh, Brian Smith. G'day, okay, Brian. G'day, David. And Errol Smith. G'day, okay, Errol.
1: Go, David. Go, Brian.
0: Hello, Errol. Brian, lead us with a way of where we may be losing or some may be losing some
2: service. Yes, David, the the idea of having your petrol pumped for you is quite an old one. I don't think it's happened in this country for quite some time, but a couple of states in the US still have laws requiring um, or preventing people from pumping their own gas, and that includes um, Oregon. But in Oregon, the new... um, uh, Governor Kate Brown uh, introduced a law this year that said that um, people in Oregon needed to pump their own petrol at the petrol station. And you'd think, OK, this is not unusual and in this world it's uh, it's pretty normal. But the Oregonians found it very difficult to deal with, leading to a bit of a mockery. So a lot of people started going to Facebook and Twitter to say this is a terrible idea for disabled people, for seniors anyone with young children in the car or worried about getting out of their car with transients around. So some people even started talking about moving to Oregon to open a school to teach people how to pump their own petrol. I think Americans in particular, I think um, maybe overreact a a little much to uh, the lack of uh, someone holding their hand. Um, It's it's the, the law that said that they couldn't um, pump their own petrol it was put on the book 65 years ago and of course uh, since then Oregon and New Jersey the other state that has this law have been lobbied pretty strongly by petrol station owners to drop it. So um, do you think there'll be a, a disaster in Oregon with uh, people unable to, to uh, fill their tanks uh, I, David? I think uh, uh,
0: occupational health and safety has been an issue but gee we have come a long way in terms of If you can't pump your petrol, perhaps you shouldn't be driving
2: in the first place. Uh, I I put aside those with a disability. But it's a a desperately um, dangerous, potentially dangerous activity though, isn't it? Is it? Uh, I
1: I, I wonder, have have they all just been so used to just happily smoking while someone else fills up the car uh, that they don't uh, want to change?
2: uh, Uh, Maybe that's it. But I think about it, look... um, you know, you you don't uh, sort of refill your own LP gas tanks, um, not anymore. They're just uh, swapped over. Um, oh, yes. I, I find it quite unusual that the idea that you're just actually sticking something into your car and without any training of any kind. Nobody gets training in this stuff. You just uh, are pumping a highly
1: flammable liquid in, um, uh, you know, in in public. I, I, I wonder just if this is but the case with cars filling your car how backwards is the rest of this this state in the US
2: i think it's pretty
0: backward yeah. uh, because I <laughs> Last time we traveled through France, we went down one and a guy came in and filled the car up. And I thought that was fantastic till I realized that it was about nine cents a litre more. See, if you differentiate. Full service. Yeah. Yeah. I I forget the exact figures. The other thing is my uh, brother, may he rest in peace, uh, used to be in his youth, uh, he would serve petrol. And of course, uh, everyone would say, well, will you check the tires as well? So he'd go around to each tyre, take the cap off, blast a little bit of air from it and uh, do nothing more and then say, you yeah, no, no, I checked it then, you yeah, know, I just it needed, <laughs> needed a few things and that's fine. So while you assume that, that the person that's doing the actual delivery knows what they're doing, perhaps that's a wild assumption. Ah,
2: but in these days, surely you would... Uh... You would get training. You'd, you'd have a whole lot of online and offline training.
0: Well, you'd have uh, to, to wear, wear one, one of those
2: sort of um,
0: suits that they wear when they're defusing a bomb, wouldn't you? If, oh, if yes. If our and s comes into <clears throat> its full amount.
2: Yeah. Well, look, then, look, for us, it, it probably means, David, that uh, we need to pull up the car. We need to... Before we get out, put on an orange vest because it's a pretty hazardous location out there. Mm. Orange vest, you probably need eye protection. Mm. You need probably protection for, for your lungs and your hands because it's a corrosive material. So I think we're we're being a bit blasé in our own petrol pumping right. uh, of what is a potentially dangerous thing. So, look, I'd like to introduce not just that, but the idea that you may wear helmets inside the car. <laughs> And padding
0: and, yeah, yeah all that. Mm. Yeah, and you, you, a fat suit, that's what you need as well, doesn't it, to give you the padding to oh, be yeah, able to... In case you
2: fell, hmm. you could fall. That's a hard oh, surface okay. to fall onto.
0: Did you yeah. see on the internet the other day that there was a guy who owned a petrol station who found that when he had grease spots on the thing, all he did was took the petrol pump out, pumped a bit of petrol onto the <laughs> concrete. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. And he, he got a, what looked like about a 12-year-old kid who was working there to do the same. And the kid said, if I don't do it, I, I don't have a job. It's my job.
2: Good heavens.
0: <laughs> now, uh, gentlemen, uh, when I get into the car, my mind does wander. And Nissan and other companies such as Ford, and we've done a news story on this, are uh, developing the potential for cars to be able to assess where they're going, researching, even using brainwave sensors to detect what a driver intends to do in the next fraction of a second, Uh, but also perhaps whether they're getting tired, which we can understand and none of us are prepared to admit to, but the car may be able to detect this. Should it go all the way and detect
2: what you're thinking? I am intrigued by this story, David. Um, moving to the sort of mind-reading cars because uh, I don't want the car to be reading my mind. And because half of the time it's, it's talking about um, sensing what you may be about to do or sensing how uh, you may behave when um, something untoward happens. And so, and so this is sort of a go,
1: this is a minority report, yes. sort of sort of thing built into the car. Mm. It is.
2: It's. it's uh, it's detecting, say, for example, it might say, well, you, you have the intention to put the brake on and it can put the brake on more quickly for you. But, but I move very quickly to, to panic. And so, you know, like arms waving, feet in the air, that kind of stuff, screaming. Um, I wouldn't like my car to sort of preempt me on that, you know, like okay. uh, going straight into panic mode, like driving off the edge of the road, bursting into flames or something like that.
0: What would happen if a car threw you to the right and you said, what, what, what for? You were going to go off to the left. No, I it wasn't. It would be like having a backseat driver, wouldn't it? i deny it. That's right. I, yeah. I, I denied I, it. It. I was going to do that. Yeah. The other thing in reading your mind, you remember that, uh, if you'll pardon, reference to someone whose uh, character is under question, but Woody Allen said that many years ago he got his first dictation machine where he would talk into it and someone could later, uh, he could play it back and remember what he said or someone could uh, transcribe it up. And after a while he talked into it and the machine started going, I know, I know. (laughs) Yeah, you, know, you get to a car and it might just say, "Oh, David, you, 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 know, you cranky old thing. Are you still feeling that way? Get over it,
2: will you?" Well, it'd be a nice idea, wouldn't it, if it did sense your your uh, state of mind and try to change it, sort of well, like that's... put on some jaunty music or
1: okay or
2: uh, yeah, something calming <laughs> if you're a bit angry.
1: It doesn't sound very practical at the moment, though, because they have you basically have to wear this giant helmet covered in electrodes and wires. See, Errol, we, we um, so, just talked
2: about potentially wearing a helmet, and this would help. Yeah,
1: So yeah. you've got
2: this. As long as it's got lights on it, then if you're fueling at night when you get out of the car, you've got flashy lights to warn people. You, you <laughs> uh, In the boot of the car, you can have those triangles and such like. So you can walk out, put a whole bunch of witches hats and safety triangles around your workspace, um, and wear the helmet. And the helmet can yeah. probably sense how nervous you are about everything
1: that's going on. Yeah, I, I wonder if the helmet can detect just how much you don't want to be wearing this stupid helmet. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know you don't like it, David, but you've got to put it on. Does it have sort of protective foil around it too, so that so no one can sort of hack I into read it? Thoughts? Hmm? I can your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. What would happen to that information? You know, and and if you're driving down the street and you happen to your attention is distracted to a person who appeals to you. Uh, I mean that in the nicest possible way, but some people may interpret as being uh, aggressive or not uh, particularly sensitive to the other person's behavior. I I,
1: I can just imagine the car saying, she's too young for you. (laughs) See, I'd be more concerned, David, that it'd be confused by
2: the voices in my head. Uh, but, Errol, you know, when you're saying
0: she's too young for you, perhaps we could have vehicle-to-person communication where it comes back and she says she thinks you're an old man, a dirty old man oh, or something. I wonder, I
1: wonder if, I wonder if um, the car will wolf will, will whistle on your behalf.
2: Oh. No, it would sense you're about to and it would advise you strongly <laughs> not
0: to.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: No, David. Hey, I need that when I'm talking to other people, not just about, you know, making passes at people, but then, no, David, you shouldn't think that and don't make that comment. I like the idea, Brian. We should develop this. Hmm. Make our own. Hmm. Uh, now, Brian, uh, there are times where I find the traffic engineering of a road is
2: unsatisfactory. I think others have joined me in this. Yes, a man in China whose uh, name was Kai C-A-I, he got uh, a fine for introducing his own road markings onto the road.
0: I've got to admire the guy but, because most people would have ignored the lane marking anyway. He at least was trying to uh, appease his moral conscience by yes, having yes, a sign that, there. Oh, This is China yeah. we're talking
1: about. And, and I wonder, he, must have, he must have had some grey paint or something as well to, to rub out the bit he didn't want on there. Uh,
0: no, no <laughs> well, I've got to say that his markings are much clearer than the standard ones that are obviously the road authorities. Yeah, they're <laughs> a little worn, aren't they, those
2: ones? I think he, he did said- You notice he didn't use any safety equipment, David? He didn't oh, put out no. any... He's, he's not wearing any kind of reflective gear. He's not wearing a helmet. We've been talking about this. He, he's not put out any witch's hats and stuff like that. So he should have probably been hit and fined under occupational health and safety as well I don't think he should be fined. I think he should do community
0: service of painting the correct arrows Of <laughs> course, yes. as I said his painting is much clearer I admire the man gentlemen lovely to talk to you how about we have a chat next week grand idea okay. no worries David. Errol Smith and Brian Smith talking some quirky news And this has been Overdrive. My thanks to Errol Smith, Brian Smith, Zachary Long and Paul Just for their great help during the program. Overdrive can be heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You can listen to the program again on our website at drivenmedia.com.au or podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast service. I'm David Brown. Thanks for listening.